one, Doc. I need fuel. <laughs> Give me fuel, take a fly, send me tracing out of Zion. Now, here are your hosts, John Eddie Jr. and Tom Tuttle. Welcome to Fantasy Fuel, episode number 74. Our topic of the week is going to be our top 12 tight ends, but before we get to that, I have to introduce Mr. Tom Tuttle. Tom, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Ready to talk some tight ends. Ooh, that sounds pretty provocative, but... We want to start with provocative, but we're going to have to start with the news around the National Football League. And of course, one of the biggest pieces of news this last few days was Mr. Ezekiel Elliott. Mm -hmm. He was in handcuffs again. And it doesn't seem like much is going to happen, but he was still in handcuffs again. I yeah. I don't even know what to say. For the uninitiated out there, he was following his girlfriend. I'm not sure exactly who she is. Kind of just provoking her a little bit. Not, you know, hands-on or anything like that. But eventually he left her alone and then... Uh, Messed with a security officer, yeah. and two officers approached and placed Ezekiel Elliott into handcuffs while they investigated that incident. The security guard, however, refused to press charges while the officers then escorted Zeke a short distance away and was released. Right. Not a good start to getting close to football season and activities. <laughs> I know he's still on vacation technically while yeah. this happened, but... People are going to start freaking out a little bit about this Zeke deal. Yeah, well, I I don't think it's going to end up in any like suspension or anything like that. But it just seems like we have an issue with some hot headedness in the NFL. Like they just seem like almost all of them have this, to where it's like they just can't get over themselves. <laughs> I know they get paid a lot of money, and rightly so, they're talented people, and they should. But wow, it just I don't know. It just seems really weird to have the the I'm better than you mentality where this type of stuff continues to happen on a weekly basis. We have something new, it seems like. Yes, it does. It sucks. And as fantasy yep. football people, we have to roll with the punches. Mm-hmm. Bad pun. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, yeah, here it is. If something happens, I mean, we're going to have to keep an eye on it. Now, if yep. you are going in your mind between Zeke and Saquon for the number one overall pick, maybe this pushes you towards Saquon. I Maybe, yeah. I don't know. I'm obviously not a Zeke fan, being the yeah. Eagles fan I am, so I've already got that you know, uh, 50-50 tie scratched off my list if it comes down <laughs> to it. But <laughs> well, we, Maybe even if if you're thinking, well, I, I probably would have taken Zeke over uh, Christian McCaffrey. But now maybe I'll take Christian McCaffrey over Zeke or Alan Kamara, whoever it is that you're thinking of that might break that tie now Yep, because of this. There you 
got tiebreakers already this early in the offseason. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, well, let's move on to Tampa Bay, where not too long ago they released Gerald McCoy kind of mm-hmm. out of nowhere. It seemed like it wasn't uh, something that was inevitable, but here's what happened. They signed Indomica Sue. So yep. they're finalizing a one-year deal. Uh, barring any late hang-ups, Sue's going to be a buccaneer. Yeah. He's finally got a home. Those IDP players out there got to be <laughs> sighing a little <laughs> bit like, hey, what's going on? I've got Sue. There's no good tight de- uh, defensive tackles out there anymore. I need him to find a home. Now, I know you went after him in the flag league, but I'm not sure. Did you get him? I, I don't did remember. not get him, no. Okay. I took Javon Hargrave from you at the okay, last Okay, yeah. yeah, that's right. I remember that now. <laughs> yeah, so, no, I, I, that was the reason I didn't go as high as I wanted to because I mm-hmm. didn't know where he was going to land now. Right. It could be a decent fit, but I'm not really expecting a whole lot from Sue anymore. He doesn't seem to be the dominant force that he once was. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe he'll channel his inner Warren Sapp (laughs) because Warren Sapp was the last decent uh, defensive tackle on that team. Well, I mean, I guess McCoy was decent. They got, they've had some decent ones. I'm talking stellar because Sapp definitely is stellar. Yeah. Well, let's uh, stick around on the defensive side of the ball for one more story. Nick Mm -hmm. Bosa was clutching his right hamstring following a pass rush drill. (laughs) He was done for the rest of that practice. And from what I've seen so far, it just is a little tweak. But you know he's not adopted because the Bosa hamstring thing runs in the family. Joey did it his first year, and now Nick's doing it his first year. Let's uh, keep an eye on that one. I know there's yeah. a lot of people that would love to get Nick Bosa in their IDP leagues and keep him forever, but right, yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting. I just it's just a little tweak, it's no big deal, but you kind of got to keep your eye on it. You want to make sure that because I'm telling you, I'm telling you something. I say this all the time. Hamstring injuries Ooh, yes. are one of the worst. They're, they're so nagging. I have hamstring injuries from like three years ago, <laughs> and I still feel it. It's, I mean, I know I'm older than these guys playing football, and I'm not in as good a shape either. <laughs> but I tell you, they're, they're the worst, and they just keep coming back. And it seems like it's one of them injuries where you've got an NFL player, he's got a hamstring injury, it's like, oh, no. Now you got every single week. Is he going to play? Is he going to sit? Is he going to play? Is he going to sit? And it's just a constant that way. And I can't stand it. Nope. It's going to be a struggle. Uh, We'll have to keep an eye on that one too. Cause like you said, hamstring injuries, they are not fun to deal with and they are not fun to have to follow when it comes to fantasy (laughs) football, because they are, I mean, especially if they're a speed guy now and Bosa's kind of, you know, speed and power. So, it might not affect him as much as somebody else, you know, like a Deshaun Jackson. If a guy like that hits a hamstring injury, it's lights out for that person because you're not going to get that kind of player anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's move to the offensive side of the ball. Uh, we've got somebody that I thought was going to be a decent fit, and I don't know how long they're going to be out. Bill's tight end, Tyler Croft. Yeah, <laughs> their presumed starter going into this year sustained a broken foot on the first day of OTAs mm. and needs yep. some surgery. Well, that's too bad because I got him number one on my tight ends list. Yeah, I don't okay. know. 
Yeah. Oh. So uh, maybe Josh Allen's going to play tight end too. I don't know what's <laughs> going on here, but yeah, it's uh, it kind of sucks. I thought he could have been yeah. a sneaky one, you know, that if you've got uh, a guy, you know, like, I don't know, OJ Howard or David Njoku, where you're maybe not quite 100% committed to him, you could take Tyler Croft at the very end of your draft just to have another guy and maybe he surprises you. Well, here we yeah. are. Broken foot. I'm sure he'll probably be ready before the season starts unless it's some really stupid freak accident, you know, like Zach Miller, but so far I've yeah, not heard anything. You might want to take a gander just in case if you're in one of them deep leagues at uh Dawson Knox. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because I mean, they got a rookie there. If Croft isn't going to be completely healthy by week one, you might want to just take a look at it. I'm not saying you go out and get them in any other league unless you're in a deep one. Yep, and they could be great streaming options since probably won't be, you know, on a roster in a lot of leagues. But there was a few years ago, uh, maybe even a couple years ago, I remember telling people, hey, anytime anybody goes against the New York Giants, pick up their tight end. I don't care how bad the yeah. team is and how bad the tight end normally is. Pick up that tight end and play them because they scored a touchdown almost every single week against <laughs> that bad Giants defense that year. That so. was Yeah, that's completely true. I remember that. And it, I don't know what their defense is going to do this year, but that, you kind of could give it probably three or four weeks to actually know what that trend is going to be for the year, but that I remember that from last year and even the year before it was pretty bad well here is uh, a little preview of the Giants defense I know we were back on offense but you brought it up (laughs) and now I've got a stat to go for and uh, Sam Beal said he saw Eli Manning staring down his wide receiver before he jumped tipped the ball and Joe Brill Peppers got the INT (laughs) oh We've Good got, news, bad news. Yeah, uh, the <laughs> the offense of Eli Manning is already bad enough that he can't get one past his own defense. So <laughs> I'm not sure if that's good or bad for their defense. We will find out soon. Well, that just means that it's not going to be Eli Manning for very long, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be Eli Manning Jr. And Tom asked me to put this up on our website, which it'll be up there uh, after we get done with our show tonight. But there is a picture, if you guys have not seen it yet, there is a picture oh. of Eli Manning and Daniel Jones right next to each other in their red jerseys with the <laughs> same look on their face like somebody <laughs> farted nearby, and they look almost exactly the same. It's uh, it's insane how uh, if if this lasts for another 10 years, it's going to be crazy. We're going to just see Eli Manning all day, all every week, every year. It's just going to be – I can't – it's unreal how how – close they are and what all their looks everything it's unbelievable can you imagine being a fan of a team that had 30 plus years of manning face (laughs) (laughs) as long as you know i'd be okay with it as long as they got me two super bowls throughout their entire career i'd be okay with it yeah i suppose (laughs) i don't know it's it's an interesting (laughs) look there i i hear you i hear you 100 percent 
All right. Uh, Julian Edelman got a two-year extension, so it looks like he's mm-hmm. going to be ending his career with the Patriots. So anybody out there that, you know, has uh, a dynasty league, maybe Edelman plans on playing for, you know, two or three more years, you're yep. good to go. And if Tom Brady decides to keep playing like it sounds like he's going to, then yep. his number one target is going to be there. Um, yep. I do have a Tom Brady stat quick, too. Not that it matters because <laughs> they make it to the Super Bowl and they win. But Tom Brady mm-hmm. has not thrown a touchdown on a pass aimed 40-plus yards downfield in over two seasons, and he has only thrown one in the last four years. Wow. Oh, it sounds maybe. bad, but who cares? <laughs> it doesn't <win>. matter <laughs> because they always win. But, I mean, yeah, that's the, that's the thing. Look, we've said this in the past. Sometimes you think, oh, wow, he's just dumping it off. What the who cares? But it works. They know he's one of the smartest quarterbacks to ever play the game. Him and Belichick, they just they intertwine perfectly. Everything they do seems like it's almost perfect. Every, if I see Tom Brady throw an interception, I'm like in awe. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable when I see it. And the only thing that that information can give you is if you're playing in a league that has bonus points for long plays right yeah he's well he's had long plays too but it's not been because he's thrown it that far (laughs) so yeah it's just it seems weird to see that stat on such a successful team but it works and we've stopped arguing with it (laughs) it's just a perfect way of adapting your abilities to the game Yep. It's, that's that's how he is. That's how he's always going to be until he retires. And now it's time for Twat, this week's Antonio Troubles. <laughs> you thought we were done with that. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah, it has. But Big Ben Roethlisberger has had an interview, and he still considers Antonio Brown a good friend and hopes okay. to reconnect with the receiver who <laughs> says he still hasn't answered his calls. He sent him some messages, called him. I haven't heard back, but I'm sure he's getting busy with his season and getting ready. Now, that doesn't Mm -hmm. seem like an Antonio trouble, but Antonio Brown tweeted two-face after Ben Roethlisberger's apology to him. It's unbelievable. (laughs) They just can't. They can't stop. They just can't stop it. Just stop. (laughs) I I feel like I have to be a a parent. Just stop it. Stop it. Go to your rooms. Yeah. All right. Now hug and make up, shake hands, do whatever. (laughs) It's so bad. I just, I'm almost rooting for Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown to retire before Tom Brady anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I could see Roethlisberger retire. I don't think Antonio Brown's going to retire before Tom Brady. No, he probably won't. But yeah. Oh, well. (laughs) That's it for the news. Let's get into the meat of the program. And yeah. this is the first week of a few weeks. We will probably be doing rankings the next few mm-hmm. weeks, our early season rankings, which will come with some early season predictions. Oh, boy. Yeah, here we go. And we're starting this week with tight ends. We figured since last year, tight ends were so volatile that <laughs> if you didn't have one of the top five You are not having a good year at tight end. Now, I have a very different view of tight ends this year, as you'll see as we go through here. We'll start off with Tom. We were going to do top 12, but he couldn't help himself (laughs) because there's so many at the back end of this list that probably could be interchanged 
at right. any time. So we're going to start off real quick with Tom's tier four players. Yeah, I'll just go right through them. I got uh, at 16, Kyle Rudolph, 15, Delaney Walker, and then I got Hawkinson, and then I got Noah Fant. Um, these guys, any one of these or all four of them could end up being in the top 12, depending on you know, if this, he gets a touchdown here and one of the guys that then one of these guys don't get a touchdown. It's almost like swap. <laughs> you anything can happen. It's just one touchdown here taken away, and one taken or one given to you makes you in the top twelve. And as far as Noah Fant and Hawkinson, I normally don't like the tight ends, you know. But it seems like they're one hundred percent the starters. And there's no question they're going to have an impact on that team. So I think in fantasy football, it makes sense to, if you're in a big league, to have one of these guys as your main tight end. Yep. I have some thoughts. Those guys are on my list in my top (laughs) 12. So I will let you know what those thoughts are as soon as we get to them. Let's move into our number 12s. I of a certain Chris Herndon from the New York Jets as my number yeah. 12 tight end. I think he's going to be steady enough to be an every week starter for somebody. If you completely punt the tight end and you aren't able to stream, you know, like against that one bad defense every single week, if you can't figure out who that defense is and able to pick up some random tight ends here and there, I think Chris Herndon will be okay <laughs> it's not going to be anything special. I don't think he's going to give you any 30-point weeks, but I think he's going to give you, you know, a solid 6 to 12 almost every single week, and that's going to be good enough for a tight end one. It's possible. I, I don't disagree with it. I just – we have a lot – and the Jets have a lot of mouths to feed this year. and They're not all big-name mouths, and some of them are, but – well, at least one of them is. <laughs> yeah. But – uh, it just seems like there's a lot of guys that are going to require a lot of attention in Hawkins or not Hawkinson and Herndon is going to, uh, I don't think he's gonna be the odd man out. I think he's going to be fine. I think he's going to do about what he did last year. I just don't see yet the starting tight end on my fantasy team. I would like to have him. Don't get me wrong. Cause I'm a Homer when it comes to stuff like that too, but I just don't see the starting yet. Okay, what do you got at number 12? Number 12, do you want to go, because this is my ESP, do you want me to just do it right now? Um, No, we'll do the ESP after you. We'll, okay. We'll, yeah, just say who it is and okay. a quick word. Number 12 is Trey Burton. Um, I, I he's, he's still, I don't want to give everything away from my ESP, but he's still going to have a valuable fantasy season. And we'll get more into it once my ESP All right, gets in well, there. And move right on into your number 11. My number 11 is Austin Hooper. Last year I said he was going to be in the top 10. That was one of my ESPs. And I was right. Um, and I think he's going to be darn close to that as well this year. It's a little bit different of a picture this year with some of the tight ends going in different places and whatnot and I still think he's valuable. He's it really all depends on touchdowns. I think he's going to get the same amount of catches, same amount of yards, but the touchdowns if it goes if it goes up, he could have a really good year. If it goes down, you could see him fall out of that top 12, but I like him right now at number 11. 
Yep. Uh, I have him at number 10, so I'll just uh, right. say my piece there. Austin Hooper, I think he is, again, going to be just there in that top 10. Uh, they seem to figure out a little bit better way to use him last year, and we can yeah. only hope that they either continue that same role or they increase it. Uh, like you said earlier, you know, it just could be the matter of one or two touchdowns right. that exactly. could leapfrog players over each other in the back end of exactly. this list. And this is our, our tier three, basically, the last four yeah. guys yep. in this uh, section. Uh, so, yeah, Austin Hooper, again, a, a good bet to be solid enough where you're not tearing your hair out at tight end. <laughs> yes. Uh, my actual number 11 is TJ Hawkinson. And mm-hmm. I think that I just, I'm not sold on the wide receivers anymore in Detroit. Kenny Galladay seems to yep. be a hit or miss guy, you know, a boomer bust. Marvin Jones is coming off an injury and TJ Hawkinson is going to make an immediate impact, whether it be blocking or catching the ball. And like I said, when we did our you know good landing spots and some of these rookies, I really <laughs> think these rookie tight ends are gonna have an impact right away this year. It, it's gonna be it's gonna come out of nowhere, but I'm gonna be on top of it. Yeah, and... I'm growing fonder and fonder of them every day, <laughs> but I just I could not put them in my top twelve. But I, I, they're they're there. They're real close. All right, uh, we already knew my number ten was Austin Hooper. Number ten for Tom. Vance McDonald, the only reason I put him in there is just on the off chance that the Steelers decide that they don't want to be a more balanced offense and they just want to throw the ball all the time. If that's the case, I think Vance will get plenty of looks. I don't know if the last time I've actually was confident in a Steelers tight end. It's been a little while, but I think there's a possibility now that Antonio Brown is there, and if they continue to throw the ball the way they did, I think Vance McDonald will have a really, really good season. Uh, yeah, it's very possible. I don't have him on my list, but again, that right. that would have been on that last tier four for me. And yeah, you're basically right on the money. If you know, since Antonio's gone, and their defense may not play as well, right. they might have a lot of shootouts. He's going to have a lot of chances to score some touchdowns because Ben yeah. can make it work with pretty much anybody out there on the field. And yep. he's going to be a big target down by the end zone. So again, touchdown dependent. If he scores a couple extra touchdowns than we think this year, he might be a top 10 guy. Yeah. Very, very possible in my eyes. All right. Uh, my number nine is David and Joku. Mm-hmm. I think he's just that Brown's offense. I don't know what to think. How many people are going <laughs> to touch the ball? Is their defense going to be good enough where they don't have to pass all the time or are they going to be in shootouts all year they're going to be in shootouts all year David Njoku's got a very possible outcome of being a top five tight end I don't see that that's why I have him in top 10 (laughs) at number nine I just I I can't have that much faith in Njoku yet yeah and I almost completely agree with you on that that's basically the reason I had him where I have him um I will get there in a second but uh I completely agree with you on that. All right. Uh, your number nine, Jared cook. Um, it's basically just because of Drew Brees. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't have put him up here 
if I didn't think that Drew Brees actually wanted to get back to throwing the tight to the tight end. I think now that he's got somebody who has been proven to do it before, even though it's not been always consistent with Jared Cook, I think now that he's got somebody, there's a possibility there. These are all, like I said, these, these tier three guys are possibilities for me. Like if these are clicks with the quarterbacks, this is could this, this could be really big for these guys. Well, I get where you're coming from. I think ever since Jimmy Graham left New Orleans, <laughs> Drew Brees has been like, I don't think there's another tight end that knows how to play in this league. He couldn't make it work with anybody. And Drew Brees is one of the most accurate quarterbacks. No, there's no doubt about that. And Jared I mean, Drew Cook Brees has some of the worst hands in the league. As but. soon as he drops a couple of balls from Drew Brees, he's going to be like, ugh, not this again. I guess, Michael Thomas, you're catching 140 balls this year. <laughs> uh, well, if that's the case, you better go get Michael Thomas right now. But yeah, I, I, I think part of the reason is there's Drew Brees is super accurate. So Jared Cook doesn't have to make these crazy catches. He just can catch it right in his hands, doesn't have to do anything spectacular, just catch it, run a little bit maybe, or just go down, whatever it is. As long as you get some receptions from Drew Brees, that's all that matters. Yep. I Well, I don't think Drew wants to throw it into his hands. The hands are the part of the problem. <laughs> he needs to catch it, you know, in the basket, you know, up against <laughs> his chest, and then maybe Jared Cook will be all right. Uh, <laughs> but we can go to your number eight, which we've already talked about a minute, David and right. Yeah, and Joku, I think, is basically everything you said is perfect. If if they are in shootouts, like you said, 100%, he's going to be a very valuable tight end. But I think he's got the talent to still be a decent target for the the Browns. And I think yeah, they got a lot of lot of mouths to feed. And they're yet week eight, they're going to have a, even more mouths to feed. So. It's going to be interesting. I think that he's definitely got some upside, and I think his his ceiling is top five. I think his floor is probably around top twelve. Like he could, I could see him falling down to the twelfth best, but I'm somewhere in between top five and twelve. So that's why I put him where he's at. Yeah, it's kind of uh, averaging out your yeah. <laughs> highest expectations and your lowest expectations. You don't want right. to put him too high and then, you know, oh, I've got him. He's a top five tight end. And then he's up like number 12 or 13. You're like, uh, shouldn't <laughs> have went that high on him because there is a possibility of injury with him. He, you know, does get a little banged right. up. Yeah. But he might not have to work as hard as he did last year. You know, with OBJ mm -hmm. and Landry out there and Callaway, you know, taking some deep balls, he could just be able to kind of slide on in and be a top eight guy. Now, before <laughs> yeah. I get to my number eight, I would like to tell everybody we are going to have these rankings posted on our website. Our website yes. is functional. There's things on it that you can look at. <laughs> it's not just playing our podcast, you know, for the heck of it. We do have rankings, and we had our first mock draft posted up there. So there's information. Right. If you want to refer back to this, you can do it. It's just at fantasyfuelpodcast.com, and there's a link right at the top. It'll say rankings, and you'll go right to it. And if you want to reference that, bam, it's at your fingertips. 
So mm-hmm. my number eight is going to be my ESP. So I am not going to say a word about him. You're going to have to wait <laughs> till the end. My number eight is Noah Fant. Okay. I'll, I'll let you talk on your ESP. I don't have to say anything about it because I he's not in my top 12, but he is number 13. So I don't need to say anything. I'm sure you're going to go crazy with it. I so. am absolutely going to go crazy. <laughs> All right. You're number seven. Oh boy, this one was hard because I, I could see him completely falling off the map, and I could also see him in the top five. And that's Hunter Henry. Like, if he gets hurt again, I'm never going to even think about it. I'm just going to be done with it. But if he can stay healthy, man, Philip Rivers is going to have a really nice guy to throw to, and this is going to really help. It's really going to help the Chargers, and they could do. Really great things. They what were year really good it? last year. <laughs> what? What year is it? I, it seems like we've <laughs> said this like I, I, three times before already. <laughs> that's that's why it's hard to put him uh, where I have him at number seven because he's just been hurt so much. And I know Philip Rivers likes to go to the tight end, but the problem is, is he has to have a tight end. And I think this might be the year Hunter Henry stays healthy. All right. Well, let's do your number six quick because we have the same people at seven and six, but I have them reversed. So you right, go ahead yeah. with six and then I'll fill it in. Uh, OJ Howard. I mean, I could have put him below Henry. It's not like I said, I could add Henry in the top five if I really felt like it was going to be if he was going to be healthy for the whole year. But O.J. Howard, he's one of them guys that you kind of get something one week and then you don't get something. He's kind of wishy-washing up and down. But I sometimes rather have that than just not worrying, uh, just not having a tight end. That's <laughs> like Hunter For Henry. Sure. Yeah, it's uh, that's it's either interchangeable depending on how you see things. Yep. Uh, I, like I said, had them opposite. I have O.J. Howard at seven. And I've been saying for two years now, he is a great best ball tight end. Exactly. Draft him in in best ball. But as far as regular fantasy football goes, he's going to frustrate you. But he's going to give you some really good weeks. And you'd be like, yes, that's (laughs) what I thought. I murdered my guy by like 20 points this week because O.J. Howard had a really good week. And then the next week, you'd be like, is there anybody on the waiver wires? I need a new tight end. So that's why let's I have not, him dead in the middle, O.J. Howard. Yeah, let's not forget, though, that they've lost Adam Humphreys and, and all that. So it's like, well, now that they don't have the receivers that they did, maybe they get O.J. Howard back into the mix a little more than what they even did last year and the year before. There definitely should be some more targets right. to go around unless Chris Godwin really steps it up. He's going to have to. Yeah, yeah. they're going to have to do something on offense there. Uh, so then that puts Hunter Henry at six for me. And yeah, what else do I have to say about this is the last chance I'm giving Hunter Henry. (laughs) He was able to come back at the very end of the year. They never put him on IR. They got into the playoffs and then just got their, the crap smacked out of him by new England in the playoffs. So he, they didn't really need him to go out there. So I don't think we've seen what Hunter Henry has to offer yet. He'll have an entire offseason, hopefully injury-free, and then we'll maybe finally see if Philip Rivers has his new tight end to throw to, 
after Antonio Gates finally decides right. to hang it up. <laughs> uh, he'll, he's going to come back. He's going to play at least two games this year. <laughs> he might. It, That's my ESP. Yeah, right. Gates, yeah. two games. As soon as Hunter Henry goes down, Antonio Gates will be given a call. <laughs> All right. Yes. Well, our next two are actually exactly the same. We both yep. have, at number five, Eric Ebron. And mm-hmm. I'll start just by saying... Andrew Luck knows how to use his weapons, yes. and Eric Ebron decided he knew how to catch the ball. I don't know if there was something between he and Matt Stafford when he was in Detroit, yeah. but apparently Andrew Luck knows how to get the most out of Eric Ebron. That being said, he is a little banged up from time to time, and you got to watch that. He can be a top-five yes. tight end, and he can also be a headache. Yes. I mean, last year he had some super games and it was like, oh my gosh, this is unbelievable. And then he fell off the map a couple of weeks and then it was, it, it's like a better version of OJ Howard right. to a certain extent yeah. because you get the really, really good weeks and then you get like, oh, what the heck was that? But it's Andrew Luck. I really, I really like this this year. If Ebron stays healthy, this could be huge for anybody. I mean, if you're getting him, as your fifth or even later than that, as your in the fifth, uh, wow, I can't speak as the fifth tight end or even later than that, then yes, he's going to be extremely valuable if he stays healthy the entire year, which I kind of expect that he will, but we'll see because the, the Colts do have a little bit more weapons this year than they even did last year. So we'll see. Yep, that Colts offense is going to be something to watch. Uh, it might be one of those that you're going to have to uh, kind of do a little more research throughout the year. You know, especially yeah. if you play if you play daily fantasy, you're going because there might be some weaknesses in the defense, and Andrew Luck's going to find those weaknesses. So if they're going to go up against a team that is strong against a tight end, you might see oh I don't know Paris Campbell go off mm-hmm. because everybody's yep. going to cover T Y Hilton. But Andrew Luck's going to be able to find that guy. And I think more often than not, it could be another, you know, 8, 10, 12 touchdown year for Eric Ebron. He was great for Andrew yeah. Luck in the red zone. And I think it'll be another strong year. I do believe so as well. Okay. Again, we both have the same number four, which I'm actually a little surprised as much <laughs> as both of us have bashed this particular player from time to time. We both have Eric Ingram at the very top of our tier two list at number four. Why don't I'm sorry, you... what, who? Yeah, who Eric, Evan they... Ingram. There you go. You Evan... said Eric Ingram. I, I, really... I don't know oh. what I'm saying. Yeah, that's Evan. okay. Evan Ingram. I here. It's real simple for me. He's not in that tier one category. He, but because Golden Tate is not OBJ, and every time OBJ was not on the field. Evan Ingram went off. That is the simplest reason for you to have him as a tight end this year. He was fine when OBJ was on the field, but he's even better when he was off the field. And I don't see Golden Tate being anywhere close to OBJ. I think he's fine, but I think uh, Evan Ingram has a big, big year. Are you Again, hit the nail on the head. That was basically my reasoning for having him up this high is, yeah, Golden Tate is not a superstar wide receiver right. to take all the pressure right. off of everything. Uh, but you still have to cover him. 
So Evan Ingram is going to take the middle of the field while Golden Tate takes the short part of the field and Sterling Shepard maybe tries to stretch the field a little bit. And Evan Ingram, I think, is going to reap the benefits. He has actually been on the field, I think, the most (laughs) of these guys with Eli Manning. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, Shepard has been hurt too, but Ingram, mm-hmm. I think, has had the best rapport with Eli if Eli stays the quarterback the whole year. I, <laughs> I, I, yeah, it, it just, it feels weird to think that Evan Ingram is going to be a top five tight end. But that being said, I did a couple of best ball drafts last week and I got him in both of those. So, oh yeah, yeah. I I didn't have him in anything last year, and now I somehow have started targeting him a little bit more <laughs> because I haven't well, been able to get our top three tight ends in any of those drafts. Right. Some the top three right now are going a little earlier than I'd like yes. to take a tight end, but then you think about it, but there's a really big drop off between them into the next tier. So it's like wow. Maybe you should take a risk on one of these guys. Yes, a giant drop. And yes. We'll start with my number three, which my bias isn't showing here because we all know <laughs> the top three are. Uh, and my favorite of the three is Zach Ertz, of course. But I just, there are so many receiving weapons in Philadelphia yeah. right now that I know Carson Wentz loves his boy Zach Ertz. But can he really keep up that pace of catching as many balls as he does? If our offense is going to improve, his production is going to fall a little bit. I mean, I, I there's a possibility of that, but man, I tell you, the, the the mouths that you guys have to feed don't seem like they're as big as Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz to me is the guy going forward for Carson Wentz to target. He's gonna. He's basically his handcuff. Like, okay, I don't have trust in this guy today. I don't have trust in this guy today. I have trust in Zach Ertz every day. There's my guy, and I think that's what's gonna put Zach Ertz a little. I mean, it's not that far off from where I have him. I have him at number two, but I have uh, Kittle at number three, which I think isn't. If he does what he does last year. It's, it's, it's every bit worth a number three. And I, I have a little bit of a hesitation on him. Like, I don't know what's going to happen with Garoppolo and all of this. How is this going to work out? But it's, it's, it could be even better with Garoppolo. So we'll see. Yeah. And that's kind of why I have him at my number two. Yeah. Is I think he just has a knack of getting open. So it's not going to matter what quarterback is throwing to him in San Francisco. He was able to do this with Nick Mullins at quarterback. (laughs) So if, yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo (laughs) can come back and stay healthy, I think George Kittle is going to maybe rival, of course, we both have Travis Kelsey at number one, so we might as well just go right into it. George Mm -hmm. Kittle might rival Travis Kelsey, but... Travis Kelsey really is Patrick Mahomes' only real target (laughs) right now because we don't know what the heck is going on in Kansas City with uh, Tyreek Hill 
they have Sammy Watkins, who neither of us are ever going to say a good word about until he can right, do it for yeah. three straight seasons. And they have a rookie who has very little experience in McCole Hardman. <laughs> You're right. Um, with Kelsey, it's almost seems like I debated whether or not I should put him in like a, like a different level tier, but it, it, I think he's close enough to Ertz and Kittle to where it's not that big of a jump, but he could, he could be at a different level tier this year, depending on how it all lays out. If Hardman is a big bust, if, Tyreek Hill doesn't play at all ever again. If if everybody else gets hurt, it's just nobody. It's going to be a freak show with Kelsey. So we'll see. I, that's that's the only way I think I could put him in a different level of a tier uh, outside of tier one. <laughs> I don't know what you would call it ahead of tier one, but I'd have to call that tier one, and then tier two would be Ertz and Kittle. If he does what we think is possible because of the other targets in Kansas City, this would be like right. God tier tight end level. It would be, yeah, it'd be unreal. And that, it'd be like, it, it, I don't even know how to express it. it it's, it would be a record breaking season of yes. every single kind. I mean, I, I thought about maybe doing the ESP about Travis Kelsey because of this fact. <laughs> I'm like, can I really go on record saying that I think Travis Kelsey is going to have 18 <laughs> touchdowns and 120 catches and 1,400 yards receiving? Like, that, that's, that's really, almost yeah. MVP-level stuff right there for a tight end, and I don't know that I can do that yet. No. I, I, here's the thing with him. I think if you're thinking about Travis Kelsey, you're not just thinking about tight end value. You're thinking about, can, is he going to be better than this wide receiver? Yes. Okay. Now he's not just your starting tight end. He's your starting wide receiver. You have to think about it like that as well, because if he, if you can play two tight ends, sometimes that's a better fit than getting a wide receiver and a tight end. Cause if he's going to be top above everybody else tied in, it's worth having him as basically a number one receiver. Cause I think he's got that potential. There was, you know, one of those Rob Gronkowski years that he was right. basically like a top five wide receiver exactly. with the points he scored. So if you think that is a possibility, if you really think that is a possibility, <laughs> he is worth a second round pick. Because he stays yeah, healthy. He does not get hurt. He is out there the vast majority of plays. He doesn't take plays off, you know, like Julio does in Atlanta, where he only plays, you know, like 75% of the snaps. <laughs> right. And, and that's not a knock on Julio because he still gets right. his yards and his catches. But this guy, he is out there all the time, and that could be a real interesting situation. I am not taking him. In the second round, so I probably won't have many shares of Kelsey. Right, yeah. Man, I am going to kick myself if he does have one of those years and I didn't take him, you know, and I took Nick Chubb in the second round or something like that, even though that's 
almost a little <laughs> high for me too, but that's just another one of those. There's a lot of second rounders that I'm not so sure I want in the second yeah. round right now. So I hear you. we'll see, but uh, that concludes our list. Again, that will be on our website, fantasyfuelpodcast.com. Yes. But we have a little something left in the tank. ESP early season predictions. All right, we talked about it quick. We will start with Tom's Trey Burton early season prediction. Yeah, I I got I got this feeling about Trey Burton. I'm higher on Trey Burton than most other people are, and I understand that there's a lot of other guys out there. There's rookies that are coming in that are going to be tied in valuables, and yes, I understand all that. But Trey Burton, let's not forget that he was in the top 10 last year for tight ends. He was the number eighth tight end overall. And he is just, he's got the same guy throwing him the ball. Nothing's changing. It's going to, uh, the only thing that changes Howard's not in the backfield and they're going to have a little bit of a different change there, but I don't think that hurts his value at all. It might even help his value. I'm, I think that he's going to have, another top 10 season, but it's going to require some other guys to possibly just fall down a little bit further. It's really tough because there's a lot of guys this year that have a possibility of being good, but I have a good feeling about him. He's not going to break. He's he's okay. Here's here it is. Oh, I'm getting it now. I'm, I got it now. This ESP is perfect. He's going to be a starter for the next three years guarantee so if you're in a if you're in a league where you're keeping your players i would say keep him he's going to be your starter for three more years lock that in all right lock it up the first prediction of tight ends this year trey burton (laughs) is good to go for the next three years in dynasty leagues (laughs) all right i said nothing about him earlier I have to talk about him now. <laughs> Talking about Noah Fant. This guy, I think, landed in the perfect situation for him. It sounds like Joe Flacco is just out there slinging it again. Everybody says everybody's awesome this time of year. But they're saying Joe Flacco is just chucking it down the field and he's got a chip <laughs> on his shoulder. And I like that for Noah Fant. Of course, this is just a feeling, but it is going off of my statement from a few weeks ago where I think rookie tight ends are going to make an impact this year. Mm -hmm. So if you want an actual early season prediction from me, now if this early season prediction comes true, he's going to be much more than my number eight tight end Mm -hmm. because I am predicting double-digit touchdowns for Noah Fant as a rookie oh oh yeah wow that's a big one that's I like it a giant giant <laughs> one sitting out there in denver and i that it's the feeling i got i'm gonna stick with it i'm gonna plug these rookie tight ends for the rest of the off season until we get <laughs> to the regular season and the first three weeks he catches three balls for eight yards and then I will eat my hat. 
Uh, yeah, if ESPs are awesome. You never know what you're going to get. And I, hey, you know what? We were right more often than not, I think, last year with these. So I, I kind of like it. I think, I think we got some good feelings. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for our top 12 tight ends. Next week, we might as well just go on so you can look now. We are going to do our top 12 running backs, maybe even the top 24. We'll do a real quick we'll one, you yeah. know, see what we have time for. Uh, but next week, we're going to talk about running backs. I'll just say that right now. And since it's the end of the show, you know what that means. We're going to plug Pole Sports. You know it. It's it's out there. It's gotten a little bit of a beta trial, and there's been yep. all sorts of feedback, and it looking good, and the next iteration of it is going to be even better. So, again, check out them show notes, polesports.com, or the link yes. that we have in there. It, it's it's going to be the future, at least for Sunday mornings. When you don't know what oh. to do, you're going to put your who do I start and give a couple options, and you are going to get instant results, instant poll satisfaction. And while you're at it, you know, vote on everybody else's polls because it's going to be a community yes. effort. Everybody's going to be helping one another out. And if you don't, then you don't get to make a poll. So get on your thinking caps on Sunday mornings and you'll be able to help. And then you'll get some help. So it's, yeah. it's going and I'll to be tell good. you what, it's really fun to vote on other people's polls. It's just, oh, yeah, it's one little quick click. Oh, yeah, that guy for sure. Or, ooh, that's a thinker. And it just makes you think a little bit more about fantasy football. It makes you even smarter because even if you don't know the answer, sometimes like, oh, wow, what is that? What do we... You can see everybody else and how they voted. So, well, they voted this way. Why am I thinking this way? Yep. And then maybe you can go in and check it out for yourself instead of just sitting back and, oh, I'm going to start this guy every week. I'm not going to sometimes you got to think about it and pull sports is a perfect way for you to go down there, have some fun, click on these guys. And just, it's really awesome. I really enjoyed going through the beta and it's still up, right? The beta is still going, right? Uh, you know what? I'm not a hundred percent sure because I know there okay. was a ton of feedback and a yeah. lot of ideas. He was like, Oh, that's good. I want to implement that. So it might not be able to be actually played with right now, but uh, I'm sure it will be if up it again is. very soon. Yeah, if it is, yeah. then go for it. Um, and it's not just clicking, too. You can add actual feedback. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So if there's a real thinker that you've got uh, mm -hmm. an idea for, you can add that right in You know the little chat box that's uh, on the bottom of it. So it, it's, it's going to be fun. We've talked about it every week. And like I said before, we're going to keep talking about it until the season gets here. <laughs> and then you'll know why this is going to be such a useful tool for everybody. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to be about the end of it. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe. Click that bell. Get some notifications. We would appreciate it. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please uh, subscribe there and give us a little review. We love it. We like to see it. If you want to give us a call, 608 492 34 or three, you can find us all over the place at Fantasy Fuel on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Fantasy Fuel, and of course, Stuttermas Sidham on Facebook, everything in the show notes. You know this yep. by now. All right. <laughs> Don't forget to stay fueled up this offseason. <laughs>